if I can literally prevent somebody or delay somebody to have to hire a CFO by an extra year, right? That a CFO is going to run you 150 grand a year. And that that's, that's really where, where the money comes, comes through. I have the biggest challenge that I have with entrepreneurs is trying to explain to them the, the longer, longer term mentality. I talk to clients and I, I run projections by them and they're like, well, Luis, how can you save me money? And how do, how can we like find me some areas where we can cut costs? I'm like, Hey man, you're, you're, you don't have any costs, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're not running a multinational operation here where, where people are mooching off of you. It's, you know, it's a, it, it's a small space that my job is to prevent costs. It's time for another episode of the Cold Star Project, the podcast about the unexpected challenges of scaling. And today we're going to talk about financial foundations, which is the title of my guest book, Louis Lomanoff. And it is, well, the topic is, he calls it the entrepreneur's guide to becoming a builder. And uh, what he does is all about growth, um, scalable financial infrastructures for businesses that are growing fast. And well, <laughs> this podcast is all about processes and systems and that, Lewis. So it's great to have you on. I spotted you on LinkedIn and I was like, I got to have this guy on because he is talking about something that a lot of people don't know about and, and don't talk about. So thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. You bet. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the topic is, um, you know, it's certainly, it's certainly not, it's not out there because it, it's the people that are supposed to be bringing this up are supposed to be people like me, right? And, and my profession, unfortunately, hasn't hasn't directed itself in that in, in that uh, in that trajectory yet. So okay, so this is pretty new then, in in a sense. So you're a CPA. What does scalable financial infrastructure mean? <laughs> uh, so let's think of a business, right? You've got uh, investors. Uh, you need to run projections. You receive payments from customers. And you pay bills. All these things that revolve around money, right? In order to to make the business operate. If you think about what's involved in all those things, just from a financial perspective, right? So I'm a um, I'm an accountant by training, and when I think about when money needs to be moved or money needs to be reported, I think about the three things that has to be present: right? your people, systems, and processes. Hmm. So, you know, for example, the, when you think about just paying bills, what system should be used, right? What, uh, how do we get approvals? How do we make sure that the bill that's not approved gets, doesn't get paid? Um, so there's a whole heap of like processes and systems that need to be in, in place and more importantly, people. Um, the most companies, the way that they go about implementing uh, systems and processes they really just kind of it's an ad hoc process where like a problem occurs let's solve it with a system um, and it, what happens is when you solve problems that way with you don't realize what those problems then end up morphing into later down the road hmm. right so if you design the infrastructure and let's say a process around paying bills or approving bills or reporting to the investors that fits your needs today, then as soon as your needs change, you then have to reconfigure everything. So you're constantly uh, putting yourself in a position where you're being taken away from things like sales, taken away from things like managing, uh, you know, uh, building the culture of your business into doing minutiae, things like that. But if you build it up front with the intent of, of making sure that, hey, what happens when the level of activity that's currently going on in the business, you know, quadruples, 
uh, or goes from, uh, you know, from 1x to 8x. Those activities then, this, the processes and the systems that you put in place need to be able to handle that so that you don't have to then come back and rebuild all these things. And that's the whole premise of scalable. Scalable is just one of the things that the financial infrastructure needs to have, right? A good financial infrastructure needs to have three, three uh, components or three characteristics. It needs to be cost-effective, efficient, and scalable. Uh, efficiency is a, is a term that refers to time and cost. The effectiveness is obviously referring to money. And scalability, uh, the reason I point that out is because that's one of the things that, you know, it, it jumps to people's minds and it makes sense, but it's not necessarily something that uh, is actually implemented. And the, the differences between what's scalable and what's not scalable uh, makes doesn't necessarily jump out to people. Okay. And that, that makes tons of sense. I mean, this show is about the unexpected challenges of scaling. And uh, it is pretty unexpected when you build a system and you're all proud of yourself, right? You're like, hey, yeah. I built this system to handle this finance problem. <laughs> and then you grow and it doesn't, it just breaks because it's, you got too much flowing through the pipe, right? Or the, the requirements have totally changed and then, yeah, and then you're shocked. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the most, the, the number one thing that usually happens with pretty much every entrepreneur is that it's like when you, when you first start, start a business, uh, it's pretty normal for you to go out and like, as soon as you can afford it, you hire a bookkeeper, mm -hmm. right? And book Keeper typically then will then start. All the bookkeeper does is literally pro, uh, is categorize transactions. That's the whole mm. that's the definition of the function. And what happens then? Like, let's say the business gets to a position of all right. Now I've got investors, and I need to report financial statements to them. There's certain quality expectations that they have. Now a bookkeeper doesn't know how to put together quality control procedures. To and then if if you get financial statements from your bookkeeper, you're then like trusting that they're correct because you're not an accountant, you wouldn't know what's correct and what's not. You then send that to the investors. The investors see enough of those um, to, to, <laughs> to uh, pinpoint errors or errors are found later down the road. And then you just look like somebody who doesn't know how to pick a team and how to build um, mm. you know, the, the business. And it just, it happens all the time, but it, it, it it um, it oftentimes gets massaged of like, well, I didn't know this happened. The, the bookkeeper is fired. In reality, it matters. It's not the bookkeeper's fault. Bookkeeper is doing the, delivering the level of service that's expected mm -hmm. uh, of somebody like that. When you're paying them, you know, fifteen dollars an hour, what do you expect? <laughs> so. Okay, great example. So, what level uh, of uh, of business requires? a scalable financial infrastructure when do they need it you know under ideal circumstances everybody would have one right but then it wouldn't be as interesting the <laughs> what determines for me at least whether an entrepreneur needs to have this or not is the the level of financial maturity that they need to, that they want to have for their business right and sometimes financial maturity is actually being imposed onto a business as well mm. usually whenever you get investors financial certain level of financial maturity is imposed onto you right there's expectations mm -hmm. um, but if you don't have investors it's really just up to you right do you care to know anything more more than just you know how much cash came in the door this month um, then th that that financial maturity piece is something that an entrepreneur needs to figure out for themselves and then beyond that figure out all right well I don't want 
you know, financial engineers and having to deal with the foreign currency translations and um, hedging and all those things, right? And that you, a lot of businesses don't need that. Um, some, so, but for some businesses, and actually it's, it's very common nowadays, you're going to go out and you're going to get investors. You know, even your um, less sophisticated investors out there are going to expect at least quarterly reporting to them. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, what does that look like? Uh, what's the formatting? What's the, how do you make sure that you're not giving them numbers that are not correct and all those things. So, um, upfront, you know, if a business is bootstrapped, then I recommend just kind of getting your regular, uh, your, um, regular systems like QuickBooks and all that stuff. And then just, uh, running with those until you're, find yourself in a position where I think one, I think I can afford better information and better data and better than better financial infrastructure. And two, I, I want it and need it. Um, so that's, uh, that's how I would go about it. Okay. What do you wish that business owners could know before you ever went up to them or talked to them? You know, the, uh, right, the whole premise of thinking about, financial infrastructure as, as a whole, right? So we oftentimes, uh, and it's very common to hear, uh, a business is a, is a, a system of systems, right? Mm -hmm. And what I'm talking about is just a cog, you know, an important cog in that, in that entire wheel, in that entire system. And that's the place where I specialize in. The reality of the matter is the entrepreneur needs to kind of look, you oftentimes think in, in terms of these systems of systems and you're trying to figure out, Hey, well, what does my sales processes look like? What does my HR processes look like? What are my other things looking like? And um, if I have an entrepreneur that's thinking in terms of those things, then it makes sense to them when I, when I have, you know, when I, when I, I'm talking about these uh, the financial infrastructures and like these different components, different things that they need to put together. Um, so a general understanding of what those are and more importantly, what a good, like quality control in my industry is a huge problem. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I encounter even big companies that are, that don't know what quality control and financial reporting and it looks hmm. like, right. I've had, I've literally had, uh, clients that that would their financial statements would show over a million dollars in a bank, but the reality of the matter didn't is that that, that wasn't the case at all. Hmm. Um, and it, it like it happens all the time, and it wasn't a malicious intent by anybody. Um, it really just was a bookkeeper was clicking too many buttons that they didn't understand what what the buttons did, um, and that's that's kind of the you know, some of the, some of the problems out there. So understanding what's one, what are the pitfalls are understanding what the good financial infrastructure looks like versus a bad one is um, you know, that that's kind of the next step. And then from there, I don't, I don't recommend for entrepreneurs to bog themselves down oftentimes with like the details of this hmm. because like why, right? I think if, if there's anything that you're going to master as an entrepreneur, it should be sales, right? If you, that's the one, if there's one place you need to figure out how to do, on your own in case you know everything hits the fan master that hmm. okay what about entrepreneurs i mean i'm i don't think i'm unusual in this respect i have a business degree i took um years of accounting cost mm -hmm. accounting finance all the way up and this is like 20 plus years ago but still yeah. 
what can a business owner who has that under their belt and is sort of, you know, a vague memory of understanding of this stuff, can they, can they make use of that before they work with you to kind of accelerate things along or help themselves with their mindset about it? Yeah. I mean, that, that's the whole purpose of like when I wrote the book, ah. that was my, that, that was the person that sat in front of me. Okay. Like the, the book was, was, um, was written in a very conversational style as, as I imagined literally myself sitting in front of an entrepreneur and I have his time for eight hours, meaning I'm going to bore, bore him to death for eight hours. How can I do it with most impact to him? Um, and that's how I built it. So yeah, you, you can do that. Hey, this is Jason Canigan, the founder of Cold Star Tech and the host of this podcast, The Cold Star Project, which is about the unexpected challenges of scaling. We talk with business owners and they share their experiences growing their businesses and uh, what happened to them so that you can learn from it so that you don't get punched in the face quite the same way that they did. So today's episode is sponsored by The Closing Engine. Good friends of mine, they are all about taking over your sales, that whole sales department, and doing all that work for you, getting the right people on board, managing them. I mean, all the way from generating leads through to making the sale. And that takes so much stress off of business owners. I, I can't tell you how impactful it is. I've seen it time and time again over the last couple of years. You know, they get in there, they sell the way you would, they get the right people in there, they're coached, they're trained, stay on target, you get a whole bunch of metrics from them, great people. And the result is you are freed up to truly be a CEO, a true strategist. You can go out there and instead of trying to plink off customers in onesies and twosies, right, you get to go out there and make those strategic alliances. Or maybe you get to focus on creating a new product or service that you never had time to before. I mean, this is very exciting. So if you want to talk about that kind of transformation and find out whether or not it's a fit for you, you can set up a no obligation call with me. We can talk it over. I know all about it. And if it's the right thing, then I'll send you on to them. If not, hey, you'll learn something. You'll learn a lot and, uh, and we'll figure that out. All you have to do is go to this link, coldstartech.com slash book call, coldstartech.com slash book call. It'll set you up. I'll ask you three or four questions, you know, tell me, Hey, I, I came in from the podcast and I want to talk to you about the closing engine, find out if we're a fit. Great. And that'll set it up and we'll have a chat about that. All right. Back to the program. The challenge what I, is that these systems are like, there's a lot of software software out there. And it's actually, it's an amazing time to, to be, uh, to be in business, right? Because you can just deploy software mm -hmm. to do pretty much everything for you. The challenge is that a lot of these softwares are, are uh, they break and, and, and they don't function well together. Um, and, and it's not that they don't function well together at all. It's like 99% of the time or 95% of the time they function well. And then those other 5% is what's screwing everything else up. And so you can go, go through. Uh, and the first thing that I would recommend, right? So if you're, uh, again, if you're an entrepreneur who is just like, I just want to get to get me to a point of where I can be in a position to actually get somebody who knows what the hell they're doing and fix this for me, maybe bring in a CFO, maybe bring in somebody else who's familiar with this. Um, you know, yeah, you, 
go through, just make sure that keep it in as much order as possible. Because hmm. um, that's what really gets expensive on the back end is when you're, when you're having to dig up, um, dig stuff up. I, 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 one of my, had a client who uh, came to me and said, well, we haven't, we haven't done anything since the business started like three plus years ago. Uh, and I'm just like, well, what do you, <laughs> you know, there's nothing right. you can do. Not, you, you can't even do anything at this point until you fix everything that hasn't, hasn't been done. Um, so don't neglect the whole accounting piece, right? Hire a bookkeeper, pay them the 15 bucks an hour, go to Upwork and, and get them to do the minimum minimum stuff. Yeah. And if you're really uh, concerned about getting quality people, um, right? I just recently, actually, the, yesterday, I spent like two hours trying to think through what are the what are the three questions that I would ask um, an an accountant, a controller, and a CFO if I was to hire them. Right? I would ask one of them, each one of them, one question. And like I, I wrote that up, and it, it's um, they're very technical questions, um, but I, you can find me on LinkedIn and you can see the post on there, but okay. it's really a, an account. You ask them, Hey, how do you recognize revenue and expenses? I'm not, if somebody tells me that, well, I click the button and, um, you know, the system tells me to me, that indicates that this person doesn't understand anything beyond of how the system operates. And that's the most dangerous, right? That's how you get people that are clicking buttons, don't understand what the hell they mean. Um, You know, controller, you ask them about uh, quality control procedures, right? Because that's the person, a controller is the person that builds out these infrastructures. So they should should have a good understanding of those. A CFO, um, ask them about, you know, the, the, like one of the first things that a CFO is going to do for you is run projections, run financial models. Ask them about uh, how the financial model um, incorporates timing of cash flows, right? That's your, um, that, that's your holy grail of, of financial modeling. Um, and depending on how these people respond, you can, you can get uh, an understanding of their, their base level um, interpretation, understanding of the, the whole infrastructure, the whole system that has to be in place. Um, what I don't like uh, and I, I do this with, with when I do evaluations for, for my clients, right? Oftentimes they have accountants in place. And so what I do is I do an interview and I'm basically asking questions. Hey, tell me about X. Tell me about Y. Tell me about, and I expect certain, like I don't have a, this is the correct answer. This is the wrong answer. I'm looking to gauge their understanding of things and the actions that they have taken. If they've taken certain actions, if they have certain understanding, then great, right? You're good to go. Uh, you can trust this person. But if, if one, there is, there is a lack of understanding, and two, there's been a lack of action, because um, somebody may understand QC, but the fact that they haven't taken any action to actually deploy that for you is, you know, that, that says something about the, them and their service. So I was working, like, the, to continue the example, I was working with, with the client did uh, an eval of, of their accountant uh, and this happens it's not that that common it's common but it's not like super super prevalent and I was actually really surprised like the, the accountant that was doing work for them that was managing pretty much the entire thing and they were paying for like high-level service because it was a larger firm uh, for high quality they 
the bookkeeper or they, they're referring to them as an accountant, but they were really a bookkeeper had like no training in accounting, no support from, from their uh, upper management and no training from them whatsoever. And it was just kind of ridiculous for me to sit there and try to ask, like at that point I just didn't stop asking questions because <laughs> I'm like, none of, none of what I'm going to ask is going to make even remote sense. Um, so there's a huge, uh, huge problem in trying to understand, trying to evaluate how to really hire. Like I wouldn't know how to hire a developer. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but a developer would be able to tell me who a good developer is and who a bad developer is. So, um, like get a bookkeeper, get an accountant, try to vet them to the best of your abilities. And when you vet them, ask them questions that, uh, that get at the heart of whether they understand the principles of what it is they're, they're trying to achieve for you. Right. If you're hiring, if I was hiring somebody in HR, I would want to make sure that they understand very clearly of what it takes to build culture. Right. If I'm hiring somebody in, in, in sales, I want to understand very, very clearly that this person understands how to build relationships with my customers, not just sell them shit. So, um, that was a rambly answer, but <laughs> that's okay. And it explains why you wouldn't want to just throw more bookkeepers at the problem. You know, very quickly, you're going to find out, you're going to uncover the level of sophistication of the person that you're talking to. Um, as you've discovered on occasion, they're going to be a lower level than they're being paid for or that the, you know, the company has expectations of what do you do from that point? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, you're going to go yeah. back and tell your client that, right. And uh, somebody's not going to be happy about that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the whole premise behind, right. So my job is how does a, how does a guy like me like justify the cost? Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, like, why would you ever want to hire somebody who's going to charge you money to like to seemingly do something that you're not necessarily sure what the value is. And I, I finally like, I actually had this issue with one of my clients. Um, they were like getting pushed back from, from the CEO about like, what are we doing? Why are we spending money here? And what I'm trying to achieve is, if you look at the, the life cycle of any business, eventually the biggest, especially in you know, the space that I'm in is tech, right? And tech space, the biggest cost driver for any, for any business in that space is people, right? So your payroll is going to be non-existent to very low at the beginning, then it's going to skyrocket. Hmm. So my job is to then say, all right, well, I know what functions your, your business needs to handle to, to handle this particular piece of, of of, uh, of the operations financial piece, right? You're going to need people. And I know how you're going to expand um, personnel wise in that, in, in that department if you continue growing and you don't do certain things, right? So if I can literally prevent somebody or delay somebody to have to hire a CFO by an extra year, right? That a CFO is going to run you 150 grand. A year and that that's that's really where, where the money comes comes through I have the biggest challenge I have with entrepreneurs is trying to explain to them the, the longer longer term mentality I talk to clients and I, I run projections by them and they're like well Luis how can you save me money and how do, how can we like find me some areas where we can cut costs I'm like hey man you're you you don't have any costs right mm -hmm. you're 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 not running a multinational operation here where where people are mooching off of you it's 
you know, it's a, it, it's a small space that my job is to prevent costs and uh, like, but it's actually a very hard thing to sell. Right? Mm-hmm. As a, yeah, somebody's at like one of the exciting things for me as an entrepreneur right now is to figure out like how you sell. Uh, that's in, like the next skill that I'm learning. Hmm. And, and prevent, uh, prevention is hard to sell. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. Let, let's talk about real quick uh, operating capital, the debt and debt service. Um, how, how does that play into a scalable financial infrastructure? Because as time goes on, the expenses are going to go up, which means the loan needs to go up or the line of credit needs to go up and that. And then it's like, is this good or sane or bad or what? Yeah. So, uh, on a specific topic of loans, I, um, it's very uncommon nowadays to, to uh, or at least for me with the businesses that I work to actually see business loans. Cause like if you're in a, if if you're in a more mature business where you have tangible assets, it's a lot easier to actually secure capital in a form of a loan from a bank. That's your, uh, I refer to that as traditional capital. The more, what's more common out is especially in the tax space and, and any sort of like even young startups, it, it, capital comes in a form of equity. Um, and you know that you typically go, go in and there's a, there's, Around one, uh, you typically refer to it as the seed round. Right. Then there's like you know seed two, and then there's a whole heap of seed rounds. Then you have a, pr- a priced round. Then you have a sec uh, like uh, round B and round C and all that stuff. So the challenge that you're then going to experience is is I, I talk to the entrepreneur about this all the time. Is you're going to experience dilution. And you're going to go from a position of owning 100% of a small business to owning 10% of, you know, medium to large business. Yeah. Uh, which one would you rather have? And that's up to you at that point. But it's a dilution is a, is a challenging piece in terms of operating capital. I, the majority of companies that I work with lose a lot of money, right? They, they come in and like, I've, some of my clients lose hundreds of thousand dollars per month. Um, and that's just because of the type of the type of trajectory that they've chosen to, uh, to pursue, right? Fast paced growth when you're trying to outpace the competition requires a lot of capital invested up front. Um, so like uh, tech space is notorious for its, um, very like, favorable um, revenue models, right? So that's your, that's your um, you know, SaaS models, for example, you're, mm-hmm. you're paying recurrent subscriptions or the next phase of that is like prepayments for the next two years or whatever it is. Right. And uh, that's really the, the best way to, to fund the business is to get customers to fund you. But um, if you need to be in a position where you have to develop a, a new version of the platform. You need engineers for that. And those guys aren't, aren't cheap. You got to pay them 150 grand um, a year. You know, if you're, if you're in the artificial intelligence space, um, software engineers in that space are running you closer to 200. Yeah. So then, you know, you, it, it's, it's very super challenging to actually do uh, run a profitable business at that point with, without having to then take on capital and actually burn it. So now uh, what happens then is you have a very um, 
time is your biggest friend and enemy, right? If you, if you take on $2 million and that means you'll, you know, what's your burn rate, what's your run rate? When are you, what, what is the exact time that you're going to run out of cash? Right. Um, and that, that's, uh, that's where you get into a, an area where like CFOs are required or, you know, not required, but uh, preferred for you to be able to understand when exactly is the time frame that you're going to lose money. And that's, you're getting into the realm of, uh, timing cash flows and all those things. So, um, operating capital is a challenging piece, right? But the whole, what I do want to note, which I find interesting is that nowadays profitability doesn't even matter. That's not how uh, businesses are being valued and being assessed. What is valuable nowadays is actually the continuous improvement and build out of an asset. If you think of a business as an investment vehicle, which is how all of your investors are going to look at, at a business, then you're looking at, right? If you, if you look the, you're looking at, uh, you're both looking at an apple versus one person is looking at an orange and the other person is looking at an, at an apple. The, if you're both looking at it as an investment vehicle, what increases the value of the investment vehicle, right? It, is it uh, IP? Is it personnel? Is it uh, you know your customer list? Is it your revenue stream or your your potential for future revenue? That's what builds out these valuations. That's why we're seeing such uh, and have been for the last decade years of valuations that are just outrageous the hope the the there's a bigger and bigger discrepancy between profitability and valuations one is going down the other is going up um and what's what's the what explains that is the asset that's being that's being built look at um you know tesla is one one of those examples it's it's nothing but an investment vehicle at this point right it's um from from a financial perspective but the valuations are, are through the roof. Um, what, what explains that? Well, the fact that to recreate something equivalent to that and the data and the infrastructure and, the, and all these supply chains and, and all those other things is tremendous. That's where the value of, of Tesla is. It's not in its cash flows at this moment. Hopefully it will be at some point. But, and that's when you're building out um, a company you then have a choice, right? Are you going to head towards and try to pursue the unicorn status or are you going to try to pursue kind of a lifestyle business? Um, and it just really depends, right? So if you're, if you're pursuing a lifestyle business, then yeah, you're eventually going to encounter loans. You're eventually going to encounter more operating capital issues. And there's, a, there's, um, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so long as you manage it, right. Um, it, and what what does that entail? That you know, that's a that could be another book in itself, and I'm sure there's right. plenty about that. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, let's 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 you know get to your book here, and that can kind of end us uh, up at at a good spot, I think. So <laughs> my guest is Luis Lomanoff. He's a CPA. He runs a company called Upward Insights, and he is the author of this book, Financial Foundations, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Becoming a Builder. So tell us a little bit about, I guess, first of all, where people get it and who the right person for it is, and, and I guess who that same kind of person <laughs> ought to be talking to you, right? Yeah, so um, 
It's on Amazon. Um, I don't, uh, I wrote the book, but I, for some reason I never expected anybody to read it, even though it's like uh, my publisher somehow managed to get it uh, into an Amazon bestseller list, which whatever that, that but the, um, I wrote it really for the entrepreneur, right? It's, it's, if you're running a business that is of really any size, uh, whether it be you just started the business and you're starting to think about this stuff or whether you've been in business for 10 years, but really haven't, haven't really gotten the business going, this, this book will, will kind of be for you. Um, if you already have a huge, um, you know, a bigger business in place, then this book might not necessarily be for you with the exception of trying to get kind of the, the biggest, the biggest piece literally the introduction alone will, will get you everything you need. Everything else will, will be useless, but it's designed for, um, if you can't work with somebody like me who knows this stuff in and out and can come in and answer questions without really blinking, then, uh, this book is designed to kind of give you the roadmap, right? Um, and a lot of times what I recommend is, and it's in the book is like how to actually implement this. It's designed to be a guide, not, not kind of a, uh, a theoretic book. What, what is easy in there? I describe, right? It's kind of the implementation of certain systems, certain basic things. What is more technical? I just uh, recommend getting, uh, paying somebody. And oftentimes people like me, if you're like, if you find a CPA or if you find an accountant out there, what a lot of advisors will actually give you some pro bono work up front in order to establish a relationship with you when you're a larger company, six months, a year, two years down the road. Um, so build out those relationships, uh, establish connections with people that are uh, in the space, right? Find yourself lawyers, find yourself accounts, find many of those guys, right? So you can get, uh, so you can tap each one of them for some free advice and, uh, you know, find, find, get yourself a network of, of, um, of these professionals, right? Sales developers and all these other people that you can go, go to them and, you know, call in a little chip, chip a favor. And then later down the road, uh, you'll find a way to repay them with, either with business or referral, whatever it may be. Um, that's how, that's how business starts, right? It's relationships, build out a network, um, building out the right, the right team for you is, is uh, for pretty much any entrepreneur is kind of key. I, I agree. <laughs> so that, that sounds really good. Uh, and, and then I imagine a lot of folks read it and go, Luis, can you just implement this for me? That, <laughs> that is probably the route I would end up going down. Um, take it off my hands. It's, it's way cheaper than me trying to stumble around implementing this stuff. Where could people go to connect with you? Should they just connect with you on LinkedIn or is there a website as well or what should they do? Yeah, I mean, you, you, can, um, you can go on to my personal website and go on to my company website, which is upwardinsights.io. Um, my personal website is luislamano.com. You can contact me through LinkedIn is a great place as well. Um, yeah, those are, those are kind of the places. I, uh, I, I don't give out my cell phone number uh, to the internet, but I do make it available to anybody that just kind of reaches out and sends a message. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty easy to, to get a hold of a,
uh, that way. Unless I'm on a back country, then I just don't have service. <laughs> All right, Lewis. Well, thanks for being here. I learned a lot. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. This is Jason Canigan, the host of the Cold Star Project. If what you've heard today has sparked some interest in you and you're thinking, hey, maybe I could uh, implement some of this stuff in my own business, maybe it's time to book a call with me and find out. There's uh, nothing really stopping you from doing this. You know, you just got to go to this link, coldstartech.com slash book call, coldstartech.com slash book call. Go there, answer a couple of easy questions. Tell me a little bit about your situation. And we'll get on and we'll find out whether there's anything that I can do to help you or not. And if not, hey, you'll learn something. If uh, it is a fit, then we'll get on implementing stuff like what you've heard about today in your operation. Thanks and let's talk soon. <laughs>